When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A couple of armchair GMs who have yet to be wrong with any of their Timberwolves takes. <laughs> right. It's Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle Tykey. All right, Kyle, as the uh, the roller coaster of flagrant howls emotions continues to go up and down, I got Maya Mackey over here telling me. I don't know if you can see her snout there. Let's oh, see she's we... made an appearance. There she is. Oh, let's see here. What if I go full? <laughs> oh, there we go. Uh, let's do this. Oh, she's back down sniffing her, uh, her lady parts. Um, <laughs> I'm going to paint the scenario for you, my friend Kyle. A uh, beleaguered basketball team with... A skilled yet somewhat misfit point guard decides to set sail into the trade market and says, okay, what can we get for two months of this skilled point guard's contract? And they talk to a bunch of different teams and say, okay, what if we can get an adult point guard that might not be as skilled but focuses entirely on making teammates better and not just getting his two years of that guy, in fact, a year and a half? We can get multiple three second-round picks to help replenish. And don't make fun of second-round picks, by the way, because Tim Connolly has a history of identifying second-round picks. Nas Reed was undrafted, right? Luca Garza was a second-round pick who's going to win maybe the G League MVP. (laughs) And a man with three names and a hyphen, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, a restricted free agent who's 24 years old that you can keep on your team for years to come in your rotation, who's shooting 42% from three this season. All of those things. A young, rotational wing, sniper, three-point shooter who plays with energy, who's 24 years old. An adult, professional point guard who meshes well with your highly paid center. And several second-round picks for two months of D'Angelo Russell's expiring contract. I mean, come on. That's an awesome trade, and we're seeing it play out on the West Coast this last week or so with the three straight wins. I would go as far. I got to check my notes. I think it might be one of the 10 best Timberwolves trades of all time. Like, <laughs> that I might mean, be a really again, low bar. Too. Again, every time we say that stuff, you always <laughs> remind me that the bar is on the ground. Well, let's but, rank them right now. What are the 10 best Timberwolves <laughs> trades of all time? Uh, the ones where they got players who were good and there's not a I'm, lot of I want to say not Sam Cassell and a first round pick for Marco Yarich. That doesn't quite crack. Yeah, not one. Kevin Garnett to the Celtics. Um for not, Marcus Banks. Not Jimmy Butler for uh, a Jimmy Butler that was in still his prime of his career uh for players and not a first round pick or like mm-hmm. not multiple picks, you know. Um no, that list is pretty bad, but to everything you just painted out about this um when we were doing this in October, November, 
and we were saying small sample size or saying have patience or stuff, I'd get some pushback that like, you know what? The results are the results. This is their record. This is what's going on. Okay, that's fair. Well, the results are the results. D'Angelo Russell hurt his ankle, which is unfortunate, and has not played. Uh, the Wolves basically in this trade so far got, of those three players, yes, it was a bigger trade with three other, another team, Russell Westbrook, but of those three players, D'Lo, Nah, Conley, the Wolves got the two best players and three second-round picks. And the Nikhil Alexander-Walker thing, just cut me off when you want me to stop. What an incredible dude that guy is. Uh, after, I mean, not only has he played well, shooting 50% from three since arriving in Minnesota. Um, I, I recorded oh, with Dane Moore yesterday, and I referred to Na as basically the kind of love child of Austin Rivers and Jalen Noel. Um, he gives you what Jalen was giving you at his peak on offense, which is buckets, spreading the floor, uh, the ability to create a little bit, then get five assists against the Kings off the bench. And then he's also giving you what Austin was giving you, energy, defense, the ability to check anyone. Uh, he's a big guard. He's bigger than Jordan McLaughlin. He's bigger than Austin Rivers. Um, and then post game, he basically said that he he did say that he loves Minnesota. And a lot of people that come here don't realize that Minnesota is not a city, so we might have to clean that up uh, down the road. But he said it feels like I've been saved. And he's had a tough career early on. He, he was drafted in 2019, one year before Ant was kind of log jammed in New Orleans behind, I think, Lonzo Ball. Maybe Drew Holiday was still there. Then goes to Utah, but they had kind of figured out their rotation already. He just hasn't had a chance to play games. I think he's getting a chance now, and he is really, really happy to be here. Restricted free agent, like you said, so the Wolves will kind of control his rights this summer. But at only 24 years old, he's like a young 24. He might be like that third or fourth, you know, young piece to have around Ant and Jaden moving forward. So, a really, really, really good trade. Even if you're a D'Lo fan, the results are what they are. This team has two good players. They've consolidated the rotation, and they can defend the hell out of people right now. Doesn't it also feel like, and maybe this is just like being a woe is me, you know, Wolves fan and follower for decades and decades. It feels like the Wolves are due to be on the opposite end of the player that goes somewhere else yeah. and finally gets the minutes, right? Like, like the Chauncey Billups stories, yep. and you can think of any number of players that... You know, oh man, that guy was on the Wolves for a while and then went elsewhere and found their role and thrived and whatnot. And Nikhil, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker, you're calling him Nah, N A W. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's the easier to, the easier easy to shorthand. <laughs> or just Nikhil, actually. Is kind Nikhil's of a, good too, yeah. Cool as long as we word. listen, just because you brought it up, this was a big talking point over the weekend. If you refer to Jaden McDaniels as the seatbelt, I'm going to fight you. Like, Are that people is, saying that? I know we're trying to figure out what his nickname is. but Shout out to Grady, friend of the pod, trying to find a nickname. I think Jaden is pretty simple. Not a lot of Jadens in my life in the world. But calling him the seatbelt, I don't know, man. Seatbelts are designed to, I don't, I don't know. That's one of the worst nicknames I've ever heard. So it wasn't a Grady's idea. Someone threw it out there. But uh, I have seen Slim JD, which isn't bad. <laughs> Um, but uh, for now, I think we should just roll with Jaden. But anyway, I, I, I know, and I know that, that uh, Grady and, and Jim Pete were trying to figure out is Slim Reaper taken because Kevin Durant has like yeah. rejected it. So c- is it just sitting out there ever? Like that but, is, but he doesn't accept it. Kevin yeah. Durant doesn't doesn't like it. Kevin Durant doesn't accept a lot of things. But no, I, we we can't. I don't know if we can steal that one again. I think just Jaden is fine. Uh, when you when you just get to be called, you know, a lot of you're back in. Minnesota now people just come up to you and say Mackie like that's that's respect hey, in and of Mackie. itself. <laughs> Great take on Kirk Cousins. Y- y- usually it's oh. people wanting to want to punch me in the face because <laughs> I'm not bowing down at the altar of Kirk Cousins. Yeah, but no. So anyway, yeah, Nikhil, um, 
Well, you were gonna. I kind of jumped in there, but Nikhil's no, been great. I, I think I think it, it would be nice if they just were a stumble. And the guy was a 17th overall pick. He was a first round pick, just outside the lottery. And I do remember him because I did watch Virginia Tech was really good. Yeah, a, a couple of years that he was there for two years. Uh, Buzz Williams and I believe they went to. They definitely went to the Sweet 16. I can't remember if they lost in the Sweet 16 or if they if they lost on the doorstep of the Final Four. But that Virginia Tech team, his last year, made a run. And he was kind of just a do everything, lanky awesome. wing type player. Like he, you know, he scored, he shot threes, he uh, he could score in the paint. He did all these things. All these things basically you're sort of seeing now with the Timberwolves. So, um, you know, he's he, uh, you and I have taken a few losses on uh, our predictions and takes on this show. <laughs> Although one of yours is still alive, we're still sitting here with a chance for the Wolves to. Uh, to win 50 games if they, hey, one game at a time, man. One game. I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but uh, I've definitely been like, okay, what if they just win like six more? When can we start to get really excited? <laughs> but uh, you know, we both thought Jalen Noel was going to maybe even make a push to like be a dark horse six man of the year candidate. That mm-hmm. with with all the tire pumping, you know, even like Chris Finch during the the, the preseason workouts it, yeah. and whatnot, he, he, he included Jalen Noel in the same sentence. Among the keepers of the franchise's future, right? Anthony Edwards mm-hmm. and Jaden McDaniels or Slim JD, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> and Jalen Noel, he kept putting those three guys in the same sentence. And it's not for lack of opportunity. I mean, they've been giving Jalen Noel regular you know, 20, 25-minute yep. run off the bench. He's shooting 29% from three-point range this year. 29%, dude. And he's averaging four attempts per game. Mm-hmm. He's been one of the worst three-point shooters among guys that take a volume of shots. He's right there with Russell Westbrook and some other guys. I don't think he's a bad shooter because he shot almost 40% the year before. But for whatever reason, the thing that you need him to do, which is be an efficient scorer off the bench and knock down threes and play some semblance of defense and bring energy, he's just not checking enough of those boxes. And so for me... You're you're basically officially going to say goodbye to Jalen Noel in free agency this mm-hmm. summer, and it's mm-hmm. just been a disappointing uh, trial run for him. But you may be getting the things. Like this is my point. You may be getting the things that you needed and wanted from Jalen Noel at the beginning of the year now from Nikhil Alexander Walker, and that's an awesome thing. And it is awesome. And another point too is like as. Sunday was a really good moment for Tim Rolls fans because we just all went on Instagram and we saw Carl and Ant just going to get food together. So it's like, okay, the band is back together. But if <laughs> Carl does come back here relatively soon, you're adding a big chess piece to the rotation. And what Nikhil does is if he is, you know, the love child of Jalen Noel and Austin Rivers, you consolidate two skill sets into one player. And that should help because the rotation, you're going to have to cut guys. I mean, Nas Reed probably won't play. Oh, when Carl comes back and like Kyle's minutes might go down, like you just got to find ways to go from, you know, a nine man rotation to another nine man rotation, but Carl's in there. So having Nikhil do what Jalen does offensively and Austin does defensively is really big. Again, he's restricted. So he'll test the market this summer and see kind of who's interested. Not a lot of teams have a ton of cap space, but I don't know, man, like if they could get him on a good deal, like a I don't know. Th- just I hate making up numbers. This isn't my skill, but three three years, eighteen million or something. It's also um, hard to tell, like when you're when you're dealing in the non max world, because like mm-hmm. like half yeah. the players like think that they're max players. When you're dealing in the non max world, it's like okay, 
is this guy going to make six million or twenty million? I don't. Yeah, ever since somewhere between. Ever since one of the free agencies started, and like Timothy Mozgov got like four for yeah. one hundred from the Lakers, like two minutes <laughs> into free agency, I was like, I don't know anything. Can't actually. compute this anymore. Yeah. But uh, I mean, no, I've had a couple people ask if we fast forward a year from now, so next summer, as they enter what would be like the 24-25 season, could not be the starting point guard of this team. I'm not going to rule it out. I think there's a lot of dominoes that need to fall for that to happen, but he is a really nice fit alongside Ant because he's, you know, he's a little, I really, going back to the Rigo Bear trade, they were also rumored to be involved with DeJounte Murray from the Spurs at that point, and Nikhil's kind of like a light DeJounte Murray. He can shoot, he can create, he can defend. Um, not at all the levels that Murray can, but again, you want that player next to Ant to be able to shoot, defend, and yeah. create a little bit, and he's giving you all that stuff. So to your original point, it was a really, really good trade because not only do you clear up the concern over the salary slot for your point guard spot, which is going to be Conley moving into next season, you get another good player, you get those picks that, like you said, aren't worth nothing. They're they're good trade chips. Um, and it's also weird, too. I haven't really seen anyone say this, but like, it's also just weird that as much love as Danny Ainge got for fleecing the Wolves for the Gobert trade, um, which was still an overpay, he agreed to this deal, which makes Minis- gets Minnesota multiple assets in picks, but also makes them better. Like, you want the Wolves, if you're Utah, to suck so you get a really good pick, and you just gave them good players as, as Utah is completely tanking now and falling down the standings. Just a weird trade. It's like, I don't know if Danny Ainge, like, couldn't you have just made that deal with someone else? Or just kept Nah and given like the corpse of Rudy Gay. Uh, odd trade for them, but great trade for Tim Connolly. Um, don't think he'll win Executive of the Year, but damn, he definitely pulled one over on Danny Ainge this time. Yeah, and again, like, yeah, the Gobert trade. To, we, we did a deep dive on this last late last week, mm-hmm. but the Gobert trade. I think I think people are just chalking it up to this huge organizational L. You have to let the season play out. You yeah. have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because right now, in fact, it's never too early. It's never too early in the season or in an episode. Pro Western Conference playoff picture update on Flagrant Howls. If the playoffs started today, a couple things, okay? Denver's the one seed in the West. They're six and a half games clear. Uh, They're going to be the one seed in the West. But Denver's not invincible. This isn't exactly, you know, like a 70-win Warriors right. team sitting atop, and, and it's a team that they don't have a championship pedigree or history. They do have maybe the best player in the NBA, but it's not an insurmountable Denver team. And on the road, dude, they're a 500 team on the road. You get into a seven-game series, you yep. steal one. All of a sudden now it's a six-game series or something. But yeah, would I rather not face Denver? Of course. But Denver, so Denver's the one seed. The two seed is the Memphis Grizzlies. And John Morant is out indefinitely because uh, he gets a little gun happy, apparently, yeah. on Instagram and on team buses. Uh, just uh, maybe keep the guns in a shoebox at your mansion, okay? That's my the gri- advice Grizzlies, to you. The Grizzlies have complained. Their fans have complained forever that they don't get enough national attention. And boy, did they get some national attention on Saturday. They- <laughs> so shout out to them for finally getting the uh, accolades and attention that they've been well, and so then seeking. On the, also, Brandon Clark just tore his Achilles. And that one sucks. He's... He killed the Wolves. Obviously, if you're a Wolves fan, you're like, I don't like that guy, but he's fun and energetic. And when you tear your Achilles, again, it's a 16-month recovery at this point. So he's going to be yeah, out this dude, year and probably next year too. So he's that one of their more tough. valuable role players. Like he's yep. he's a he's a, a shot blocker and an energy guy and a, a, just a guy that can kind of do a, a few different things. So he's out for like 12 months at this point. 
So, and the Grizzlies on the road too, 12 and 20 on the road this season. So the two teams atop the standings right now, just, okay, like if you get into a seven-game series with them, you're not going to be that scared. The Kings are the three seed. If the playoffs started today, it would be Wolves-Kings seven-game series, a team you just beat inside their arena the other night, right? Had a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. Okay, Suns with Kevin Durant, that's going to be, by by the time it's all said and done, that might be the team to beat in the West. Yep. I wouldn't rule out the Warriors, who, by the way, have like the third worst road record in the league. Seven they basically <laughs> They basically have the Pistons road record. The Pistons <laughs> also have seven road wins. Um, Eight of which came in against the Timberwolves at Target Center. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, again, if, if Steph, Steph Curry comes back 100%, is that a team that you're uh, looking to face in the playoffs, not necessarily, but again, that's this is the most flawed they've been, and the most banged up they've been, and the and the worst they've been on the road since they started their dynasty. Uh, Mavericks and the Clippers have both gone in the tank since they made their big acquisitions, right? Like, yep, the Clippers lost their first five games with Russell Westbrook, and then finally pulled one out. They were so close last night. To they were down, I think, sixteen to like Tyus Jones and all the second string guys because the Grizzlies were without Brandon Clark and John Morant yeah. and Dylan Brooks. Uh, their season almost ended last night. They did pull one out, but I'm not really that worried about them. So, yeah, keep going. Keep keep listening, I, teams. <laughs> I would say, and then you get to the Pelicans, who are just always, again, if, if you ever have to face a full-strength Pelicans team, could they be a problem? Yes. Yeah. Are they ever a full-strength Pelicans team? No. no. Utah Jazz are kind of just begging to not even be, like, they're still the 10th seed right now, and they're kind of like, if someone could just take care of us and move us further down, that'd be great. Uh, the Lakers, again, if you get a full steam Lakers team with LeBron not on the sidelines with a foot injury and Anthony Davis, who misses half the games, like, and then all the role players that used to play for the Timberwolves, right? Like, if you got that Lakers team, that could be tough. But are you going to get that Lakers team? Probably not. So, I guess, first of all, that's your Western Conference playoff picture <laughs> update here on Flagrant House. But... Dude, you can't you can't chalk any of this up as an L. You can be skeptical. You can definitely, yeah, it looks like an overpay. And then when you stack up the things they gave up in the first trade versus the things they got, and then you even like kind of readjust it with the things they got in the second trade. Oh, you got but you got Conley and Nah and three second round picks, and you gave up D'Lo. It still looks a little lopsided. But what are we going to be saying if if they beat the Kings in a six or seven game series and then put up a fight against whoever they play in the second round? What will the discussion be then? And so we need to leave room for that in the next two months. And I think talking about the standings today is more important and fun than ever before because Denver won, Memphis two. Yes, Sacramento it is. Three. It's very fun <laughs> to talk about um, the standings. The, my point would be is I think Phoenix is probably maybe going to win. I think Phoenix-Milwaukee is what we see for the finals come June. Um, and I don't want to play the Suns. But – yeah, Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, the beauty of if the Wolves would play any of those teams in the first round, Denver finally has to like make the finals or else they're going to become like the most hated team in the league for Jokic winning three MVPs and never really doing anything in the postseason. Memphis little, little has like gone, Steve Nash, Suns kind of a thing. Yeah, they're yeah. going to start like if you don't do like the Wolves would be obviously underdogs to all those teams, but the Wolves would be that's kind of comfortable. Like, let's just be the underdog. We don't have the pressure that Denver would have. Memphis is going to have so much pressure to kind of put up or shut up from all the stuff that they've been doing. And then the Kings, who have been really fun, and I, I mean, I just love the Kings because they are like the Wolves in terms of they haven't really been successful for 20 years and they have really great fans. But as soon as they're down 1-0 in the series or 2-1 in the series, 
there's going to be so much panic. And then the media will get on them as like, ah, you know, regular season wins, but not a postseason roster. So the Wolves are, again, they could just go lose six straight. We've done this for six months now. But they're really finally, that West Coast road trip, to go 3-1, and one, especially after you start 0-1, and, and you should kind of choke that game away when you're up 12 against the Warriors. Pretty impressive situation in California last week for the Wolves. And now you return home, you're half game clear of the sixth seed. You're also like three games out of the 11 seed, so you start to build some, some comfortable room there. But uh, now it's just how far can we climb? Because the more you climb... Phil, I'm I'm way too old to be in another play-in series. Like, I don't want that. I'd love to be guaranteed at least four more games. So that would be kind of a success in itself, right? If you because absolutely wasn't that on the list of things yeah. before the season? Avoid just, the just avoid the play-in. So if they can mm-hmm. be the sixth seed instead of the seven or the eight seed, and it looks it looks it's funny because I keep going back. You could pick out episodes every week where we do the <laughs> old like, oh well, are they going to miss the playoffs or? And it's 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 such a crazy unpredictable team. Because now you can look and see, all right, they just beat these three teams. Well, I mean, they could easily just beat Philadelphia and Brooklyn and Atlanta, and now they're like, now it's a six-game win streak. But they could just as easily lose by thirty points to Philadelphia at home yep. on Tuesday. Yep, that's that's, so, that's what we do here. I am no longer gonna try and predict what's gonna happen with this Wolves team. I'm just gonna be in full reactionary mode. I think for the next month or so. You 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 made a really good point though earlier that the Rudy Gobert trade is something we'll discuss. Probably until 2029, just because that's when they're kind of on the hook for their their payment plan, much like Mark and Alex's payment plan of the team. But uh, John Schumann of NBA.com puts out his uh, power rankings every Monday, and he had the Wolves at 11th today, moved up five slots, so 11th overall in the league. Hmm. And he had a nugget that uh, the Wolves are back in the top 10 in defensive defensive efficiency for what would be the first time in 19 years since their 2004 conference finals team. So, wow. As that's, much as, but that's why you make the trade. Right, exactly. That's, that's yes. why you make the trade. Yeah, as much as we don't love sometimes when Rudy's calling for the ball or he drops a pass or something weird happens or we think about a draft pick, like the point is this team back again after a really strong performance last week in California, uh, top 10 defense. And you, that's just not possible, I think, without Rudy. And the last time they were this good at defense, they made a really big run. So... Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens against Philly. It's a Philly team. I think they're playing their sixth game of like a six-game road stri- or road trip tonight. They're on Monday. They actually play in Indiana, so they might actually be resting, guys. But um, the Wolves have a pretty—I think their next eight games are against the Eastern Conference, which is also kind of weird. Um, but they, yeah. it's at their fingertips. Again, they, they, as far as they want to climb now, they've done kind of the digging to get back to this point. And, uh, yeah, let's see if they can stay above 500 for the rest of the year and not, not dip below. I do have a a Carl Anthony Towns rotation question for you. You kind of alluded Ooh, to it, but I've, I've done some mapping out here uh-oh. just uh, as we're having this conversation. But a quick shout-out to our friends who are helping guys like me who suffer from dull kitchen knives. <laughs> yep. Didn't know where we are going with that one. Squishing tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. If you have flaccid kitchen knives... Go to MyDullKnives.com. MyDullKnives.com. Get rid of the embarrassment of walking out of your home and having people laugh and snicker at you because your kitchen knives uh, can barely even cut through a cucumber. So MyDullKnives.com is where the folks at Vivrant will send you a safe and professional mail kit. You send your dull knives on a trip to Vivrant. Vivrant sharpens them professionally, sends you replacement knives in the meantime if you want them, and they send your knives back all within just a few days. 
and now you have a game-changing experience for uh, working around in the kitchen. If you're like my wife and I are trying to just be a little bit more, what is that? Is that a piece of bread? It's a clementine. No. <laughs> I'm trying, trying to it's slice like... it with my knife. <laughs> Uh, if, if you spend time in the kitchen, even as an amateur, like my wife and I are just trying to get better at yep. being adults, I guess, if you will, uh, it's been a, a big time confidence booster as we, we, so we made uh, turkey pesto sandwiches the other day, oh, slicing and dicing a little bit. We love to slice up, um, for like, we do like, uh, little like vegetable bowls and yep. stuff yep. or, or salmon things that we see. What's it called? Like when you use the, um, it's not like sushi rolls. But you like you can use the little like outer layering of the sushi rolls and cut up vegetables and fish and stuff. And oh roll yeah, them in. yeah, yeah. Seen it on TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> that's my new favorite spot. Yeah, no, it's great. having dull knives sucks. Yeah. It does. I, we were cooking this weekend too, and like, I, I don't know. It's almost like a bl- or it's like a thick block right now. What our our steak knives are, and it's just like we got to get these things sharpened. So, I know a website for you: mydullknives.com. Mydullknives.com. So um, when Cat comes back, and have we seen any in the last week or so? Have any of the Johnny Krasinski's of the world, dude? They're just like the Timberwolves just don't provide updates apparently on Carl Anthony Towns. Correct. Uh, no pushback. Uh, been something I've complained about for years ever since Josh Okogie left Staples Center with cramps, and then it was like, oh, actually, just kidding. I think he tore his hamstring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I also think it's too. It's this weird as we navigate Adam Silver's. NBA player entitlement versus player empowerment. I just think teams are weird about releasing injury updates. But now that the team is back, I mean, Johnny Krasinski, Chris Hine, they're all on the road. Now that they're in town and there's more of a media presence, I think we're going to get an announcement here soon. And I also, just a gut thing, I I would maybe within the next week you see him upgraded to questionable. That's just like a feeling I have because that would be about 15 games left. So You know, you could, uh, just in terms of spots that you might look to pick here, you know, would you do it maybe on the road against Atlanta in a week? Could you do it against Chicago on the 17th? But whenever it happens, I don't think I'm doing it against Boston on the 15th at home, but you never know. So I've got I've got 10 guys in the rotation when he comes back. Yep. And I, I guess I'm saying goodbye. Uh, I mean, Luca Garza is kind of out of the rotation anyways. Trying to see how I guess I guess. Well, here, I'll just list these players. You tell me what, what okay. you would do here. Yeah, yeah. So your starters are probably Conley, Ant, Gobert, Cat, Jaden. Yep. That would, I don't. Kyle think probably that. moves. Or, 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 do you start Kyle Anderson? Because that starting five has been quality, right? Mm-hmm. Do you for the first few games? Do you bring Cat off the bench? Let me start there. Uh. Carl Anthony Towns is never going to come off the bench for a real period of time because he makes too much money and he's really good. But I don't want to rule out your idea here because they they did it with D'Lo when he came back. And the one thing about coming off the bench is it's a little easier to control a player's minutes. Mm-hmm. So if they're really big on like Carl's been out for three months and he's only going to play 20 minutes a game, you can control that a little more by coming him off the bench. So I think in your kind of ex- – like. Your example right now, he should start, but I could also see Kyle getting in there and then Carl comes in for Rudy, you know, six minutes into the game or yeah. something. So, okay, so maybe maybe you do that for the first three or four games or something, but right. you're right. At some point, Cat's the starter. So let's whenever that point happens, Gobert, Cat, Conley, Ant, Jaden. Kyle Anderson, when it comes to, like, how to unlock Gobert, and mm-hmm. they've been doing a good job of that since the first of the year, Best lineup combinations. Gobert works the best with Kyle Anderson statistically yep. mm-hmm. and with Mike Conley statistically. Mm-hmm. So 
finding a way to get Kyle Anderson in there and mesh his whatever you know his twenty minutes left, whatever he's going to play. Can you mesh as many of those as possible with Gobert mm-hmm. to maximize that pairing? So Kyle Anderson, you're going to have to find a way to strategically get him in the mix off the bench. Alexander Walker, Torian Prince, Nas Reed, and Jordan McLaughlin round out your ten man rotation. But once this thing gets down to like nine maybe even like eight and a half as you get into the playoffs. Is it? I mean, you said Nas Reed. Does Nas Reed just like not play? I mean, I, I don't Some people might think that's crazy. I just, I don't think he'll play. I think if, if Carl is like cleared of a minutes restriction, let's say a couple of weeks from now, um, I think all the, I know we don't have real positions, but like all the power forward and center minutes will just be completely consumed by Rudy, Carl, Kyle, and then like Torian Prince, who kind of is pseudo playing a four, and would actually be a good fit next to Cat, right? Like you said, Kyle and Rudy, well, TP and and Carl. Um, but yeah, I just, I mean, I don't, I unless Carl's on a strict minutes restriction throughout the rest of the season, I just don't see where you get Nas Reed minutes. And Nas has been great; he spread the floor, he gets you blocks, he has that energy. But you know, call a spade a spade. When when Carl's back, he's gonna get all those minutes. And but the rest of the stuff, I mean, yeah, you Nas should still be in the rotation. Finch loves Jordan McLaughlin, even though his minutes have been kind of cut a little bit. So Jalen Noel and Austin Rivers just become sort of cheerleaders off the bench, right? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that's what when nine I can I can give you a nine man rotation. You just did it. Basically just Carl places Nas and then just look at what their rotation was against the Kings. That was like one of Finch's better nine man rotations, the minutes, how they were spread out. Like they had Nikhil playing kind of a backup, like a pseudo dollar store ant. Where it was like <laughs> Nikhil and then the starters, because Nikhil can kind of give you a lot what Ant can give you at times. Um, so yeah, to cut it to eight for the playoffs, that one gets a little trickier. That one maybe you just cut out, maybe Jordan McLaughlin or something. You know, like maybe you just have a lot of Conley, some Point Ant, and then Nikhil. Point but um, yeah, yeah, I, I think that would be the rotation movement. I just think Nas is going to be the guy that gets snipped, which is tough. But you you're paying ninety million to your two centers. You got to let them play. Yeah. What about just as we keep going down the list here? I know this year, Josh Minot probably not going to make unless there's like a, a weird rash of injuries or something. But don't you want to, as you're looking long term, this is a good problem to have. Okay. Alexander Walker, you're probably going to match a restricted mm-hmm, mm-hmm. free agency offer. Kyle Anderson's under contract for another year. Jade, you know, uh, uh, Jaden McDaniels is going to be featured for 30 minutes a game. I yep. would like to find room long term to see what Josh Minot can do in 15, 20 minutes a night. You're, I mean, you're talking, you're preaching to the choir on that I one. Know, I, I, uh, I can't remember who it was, but someone wrote or said something. But yeah, I just don't think Finch. I think Finch comes from one of those coaching trees that he just doesn't play rookies a lot. So mm-hmm. I don't think uh, Josh's or Wendell's lack of playing time this yeah, year. Wendell Moore, that's another guy that just. I think they're just long-term plays that they knew. I mean, again, in our defense, like one of the things we got right was we said that this was a really, really deep roster uh, to start the season, and that's proven out despite all the injuries and stuff. But uh, I think those two guys were drafted and just kind of keep them in Iowa for a year, let them marinate a little bit. And then next year, you know, if you do have to trade out a Torian Prince or something, you have to move a guy to make some more room, you'll see Josh and Wendell more in the rotation. But I would honestly just be shocked to see those guys at, if this team remains healthy, I don't think Josh Minot, I don't think Luca Garza, I don't think those guys will play again. Just because, again, we, we're trying to, if, if Nas Reed can't play, I don't know how Luca Garza is going to play. Yeah. You know, another thing, too, I just, about this team, 
when they want to. And sometimes the frustrating thing is they just will space out or like even for chunks of games or they'll just like space out when they want to. This team can clamp anyone in the league defensively. Dude, it's crazy. Anyone with any type of lineup. You know, Rudy can do his Rudy clamps thing from, you know, from the inside. But when when Jaden McDaniels and this is the scary thing about a playoff series. Again, this could go any which way. I want to preface every positive outlook thing by saying they could lose five games in a row yep, and be yep, the 11 yep. seed in a yep. week, yep. and it wouldn't wouldn't shock any of us, or in two weeks, I guess. But at their best in a playoff series, look what they did against Luka and Kyrie Irving. Look what they did against Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. right? If Jaden McDaniels and Anthony Edwards decide in a playoff series against the Kings or against the Grizzlies or somebody, this is ours. We're going to show the entire world we can clamp you for 40 minutes and figure out how to score enough points. They can. It's incredible. You know how shitty it must be if the Wolves are running out a lineup of, like, Nikhil, Ant, Jaden, Torian, Prince, and Rudy, and you're, like, the ball handler, and you, like, get switched off of Nikhil onto Jaden. Yeah. And now you have to get by Jaden, and then at the rim is Rudy. Like, yeah, this team has – that's, like, I think been one of the – no one saw this coming, but also they make trades in season to kind of change some of this. But the Timberwolves' like identity now is like a really. I mean, going back to the top ten defense first time in like nineteen years, they have just a ton of dudes. Even the young guys we just mentioned, Josh Minot's like can dunk and fill it up a little bit, but he's like a defensive presence, like a rim presence. Wendell Moore is really good at defense. You know, he kind of comes from the Duke model of being a good defender, or at least an average defender. Uh, all their young guys are really good at defense, and. I've been a fan of Wolves teams that can, you know, give you 150 any night, but they'll give up 170. Mm-hmm. Um, that performance against the Kings, even though it was 138 to 134, they had just some defensive possessions that it's like, that's tough. Because when the game slows down, there will be no, in my opinion, 138, 134 games in the playoffs because the pace just slows down. But Yeah, and you'll, and you'll try a little harder on defense. Than, and, you, and, than you would in like the second quarter of a regular season game. And, on a back-to-back, by the yep. way, too. And, you know, no one we haven't talked about this but like Mike Conley and Nikhil and just the other guys kind of attacking the rim a little more to get rebounds uh in that three game stretch against the Clippers the Lakers and and the Kings they win them all they also out rebounded all those teams and we never say that yeah (laughs) even after they got Rudy it's like oh they're still getting out rebounded like Rudy that's just another topic for another day Rudy Gobert has been awesome since like February 9th so the Mike Conley unlock password to make Rudy Gobert the real Rudy Gobert has been fantastic. Uh, he's finishing around the rim. He's you know every night it's like 70 percent field goal percentage. So yeah, they have some dogs now. And that again, I go back to Nah. I, he just he wasn't a throw in. He's a really good player that just needed an opportunity, and they have a really nice kind of carved out opportunity for him. So keep shooting fifty percent. That'd be great from three. Yes. Yep. So, well, I think um, we'll put a bow on this episode here by just saying, great, nice little three-game road yep. winning streak, okay? Yep. Don't do your classic Wolves thing here by uh, disappearing for the next week or so. If you could finally, because, again, we're staring at the same thing we were looking at after the Dallas win uh, three weeks ago. So mm-hmm. they, they beat Dallas to get to 31-29, and 29, and then you had the home game against Washington before the All-Star break. It's like, well, this is the first opportunity you can cash in to get three games over 500 for the first time all year. Yeah. And they wind up losing three straight to go back below. They have not to this point. It's incredible. They, they continue to fluctuate right around 500. Yep. The whole, basically since January 1st or whatever. 
if they can beat Philadelphia on Tuesday night, tomorrow night, TNT game, by the way. Ooh. It'll be the first time all season they will be three games over 500. And you will have earned it. Is Philadelphia arresting anyone for that game? We'll see. Again, they, they play tonight. So if you see tonight that the Sixers played harder than Embiid and stuff, I would imagine they went sick okay. on those guys. But uh, yeah, their, okay. their schedule is really interesting as of today because it's eight straight against all Eastern Conference opponents. I don't remember the last time that's happened. Then it's three straight road games against the Warriors, Kings, and Suns. That's a death march. But then you end with the Lakers, Blazers, Nets, Spurs, and Pelicans. And you could make an argument that all five of those teams at some level suck. Which so means you, you have to brace for the Wolves to go one and four. They need to pad their record <laughs> yeah. enough to inevitably go one and four in those five games. Yeah, so, I mean, you have this weird East stretch and then a daunting gauntlet on, on kind of the West Coast again. Um, but then you finish with, again, nothing's a winnable game for this bleeping team. But uh, it's a really interesting rest of the schedule. And like you said, you there were times where there were three games below 500, four games right. Well, they even get to 500. They've made it. They're two games above. But they've never really pushed for that new unforeseen level of three games over 500. So they have a good week ahead of them. Two games at home. It was a tough, I mean, they're on the road for like nine days on the, in mm-hmm. California. So it's at their fingertips. We say that every Thursday or every Monday we do these pods, but uh, let's, let's just cross our eyes and close our fingers or whatever and, and see what happens tomorrow <laughs> against the Sixers. All right, that's a wrap on this episode of Flagrant Howls, your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. If you could give this podcast a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts. It helps spread the word to the rest of this uh, beaten-down Timberwolves community. And also a subscribe click and a like click on the YouTube video. The Scornoth YouTube channel does the same things, right? He's Kyle. I'm Phil. We'll see you guys next time on Flagrant Howls.